It is Wednesday, 2.35 a.m., and you are tuning in to Coco Explains It All. This is my very first podcast. I'm a little nervous, and honestly, I have filmed, filmed, you hear you see it? This is what I'm used to filming. I have recorded on this microphone probably 15 times in the past two days. And for some reason, I'm striving for some sort of perfection. And the one great thing about me that makes me different is that I'm not going to give you that. I'm just going to give you me. And I'm going to fuck up sometimes. And I'm going to misuse words. And I might leave something out. I might lose track of time or of what I'm talking about. But isn't that life? Isn't that life? So let me give you some realism. Let's talk a little about me, and then let's get into today's topic. Uh, My name is Nicole. I am born and raised in New York City, Upper West Side, Manhattan, 32 years old. I am a digital creator and the CEO of my company that will be launching in a couple of months called Project Nucleus. I don't want to touch too much on it, uh, but I will talk about it at some point down the line on one of my podcasts. Um, I love creating. I love acting since a young age. I used to, oh boy, I used to make myself uh, cry and laugh and mimic lines in front of my mirror. The minute that we got a printer for the first time, I would print out the scripts and waste my mother's printing. (laughs) Every time I think of this, it's just like how wasteful I was. I literally used to waste the print cartridge each and every time within like the first day that she bought it, just printing out lyrics to songs and scripts to TV shows and movies. And that's when I knew I was meant to be in the entertainment industry. It's just what I love. Um, It's the only thing that makes me feel alive. And I can't wait to one day pursue it professionally. Until then, We're going to talk about TV shows that I love, movies, acting, the skill of acting. I would like to even have conversations with actors that are just starting out, that have been in the game for a while. Let's see how far this can go. You know, guys, I have a lot of hope and I'm very passionate about every single thing I do. One thing you will learn about me is that, yes, Everyone has an opinion, but you can't argue fact. And I'm really big on fact and getting to the right source. So what I can say now is that you're not going to hear anything from me that is not true. Let's see. Mm-mm-mm. Why am I doing a podcast? I wrote a set of questions on my computer screen just to keep me going because I'm so excited about this episode that my brain is literally everywhere. It's everywhere because I have so much to say. Um, But for this podcast, I always, always have wanted to talk to a body of people. And I've always been keen on changing a mind. If you can change one mind, we can change anything. We can do anything. I'm really, I'm a really big believer in that. So there are a lot of conversations that I've had where let's say I didn't know about a situation and someone enlightens me on it and I feel as though I've learned something new. And that is what I want to do for you guys. There are going to be topics that we're going to talk about that may be uncomfortable or that may be 
taboo or that you may not want to listen to, but I want you just to give it an opportunity. And the topic I'm going to be speaking about today, uh, it's a limited series, three episodes. I think it's only three episodes. I watched all three and they were extremely long. Um, And it's a heavy, heavy topic. And it just aired on Sunday and Monday. So I felt it was a really good idea to have a conversation since it is fresh. It's fresh in everyone's brains. It's trending and it is important. It's a conversation that has to be had. And there are a lot of people that don't even know about this case because they feel it has nothing to do with them. But I believe that it has to, it shows a reflection of our government and of people that have money, money and power. So today's topic will be surviving Jeffrey Epstein. It uh, was on Lifetime on Sunday night. It was a two-hour event. And then on Monday night, it was a two-hour event as well. Um, There was a lot a lot more than I thought I would get out of this. And um, I've been following this case now for a little over two months. Um, I had no idea who Jeffrey Epstein was. I had no idea what had gone on. And I decided to really dig deep and dive in and see what it's about because it has been revolving around us since the 90s. And what I do remember is seeing his face plastered all over the newspapers and the girls that accused him of the sexual assault and the rape. They were all over being like traumatized and called names. And it was just so disheartening to see. And now that I'm a little older, Um, I feel like I understand things differently and I pay attention to what's important, what's more important. Uh, So I want to give you a little history first about Jeffrey Epstein and who he is exactly and what I gathered from the surviving Jeffrey Epstein episode on Lifetime. And then I'll talk to you more about everything else and how it could connect the dots to some really powerful people in the industry currently and in politics. So (laughs) this is heavy. Are you ready? Grab your coffee, grab your tea, grab the Mary Jane that we all need (laughs) and let's get into it. Sir Jeffrey Epstein. He was born in Brooklyn, New York. That's a disgrace to Brooklyn, by the way. Um, He was one of those guys, at least they painted the picture, that he was one of these guys that was like a jock, got everything he wanted. He thought he was like above it all. Uh, He was skipped two grades, so he ended up graduating at 16 years old. So you already know, if, if we can paint a picture, we know that Jeffrey Epstein was that type of guy, the typical dude that had money and the gift of gab. That's what I want to say. He had the gift of gab, this certain charm about him, right? He studied physics, but he ended up dropping out early. And here's where it gets a little weird, for me at least. He was accepted into an exclusively tough school to get into, uh, Cooper Union College. It was like high-end for the elite, of course. 
And he was accepted there, even though he dropped out of school early. Um, somehow down the line, he never got his degree, by the way, he gets a teaching job at the Dalton School on the Upper East Side, teaching within the math department. So what's really interesting about this is that the Dalton School, I don't know much about it, but this is what I gathered from the documentary. It is a school for literally the powerful and the elite. Um, not a school for them, for their children, of course. So this is someone that Jeffrey Epstein, of course, wanted to rub shoulders with. It made sense. He's the kind of guy that's like a young teen. I need to make a lot of money. I need power and status. Who do I connect myself to? If I'm a part of the math department and I show my skill and my intelligence level and my charm and gift of gab, this can connect me with some of the highest people in power. And so that is exactly what he did. Rubbed shoulders, made connections with the powerful families that sent their children to Dalton. He laughed lasted two years teaching at Dalton, by the way, and it's really uh, shady as to how he left, but uh, there's really no conversation about it. It just wasn't a good, a good leave, let's say. Okay, so we were at Dalton, right? So now, Epstein lasts two years teaching at Dalton, and he leaves, of course, with no good standing, and it's a little shady as to what the situation was that happened, but he ends up leaving. From there, at 23 years old, Jeffrey Epstein goes to work for a company, Bear Stearns, uh, where he is now oddly titled Bachelor of the Month, He's on covers of different magazines and newspapers. He is this like financial genius. And um, in 1981, there happens to be a suspicious insider trade, uh, which shortly after that insider trade with Bear Stearns, Jeffrey Epstein ends up resigning. This is now two jobs that Epstein has left in not good standing. From here on out, Jeffrey Epstein meets with Thomas Hofenberg. Thomas Hofenberg has his own company that is extremely legit, but he wanted to get his money much faster, so he was using the Ponzi scheme, which he took the bait for and ended up going to federal prison for 18 years. What's very interesting about that comment that I'm making, I'm not going to go in depth about Thomas Hofenberg himself, but I will say that Jeffrey Epstein is the one that created an entire method for how he would seduce people for Hoffenberg's company. So he created the entire, let's say, mathematical algorithm, for say, and Thomas Hoffenberg basically took the, slick, took the slack for it and went away for 18 years. These are the types of people that Epstein rubbed shoulders with, and this is the type of charm and intelligence that Epstein had. The fact that he could seduce a company why wouldn't he be able to seduce young girls? So now, how does Jeffrey Epstein's, I want to call it pedophilia because it is, he was sex trafficking young girls, very young girls, and getting away with it. 
He liked to choose young ladies that had issues already, that were, of course, more vulnerable, that had a past that was a little troubling, that they had a bright future. Anything that he can say to make them feel enamored and special and important, he did that and used them by whatever means he wanted to. (laughs) What's really funny is the people that were surrounded by Jeffrey Epstein. There are a number of people that assisted him with the sex trafficking that he, you know, it's really funny. It's not funny, but it's just really funny how people paint this picture of a person and you think that they are, you put them on a pedestal and you think that they are great, they're intelligent, they have it all. They have it all. What could go wrong? You don't really see anything beneath the surface because you don't genuinely know them. But this person literally had a sex trafficking ring between many different countries, including New York City. He had a home that I want to mention that was given to him and it was given to him by Lex Wexner. Lex Wexner gives Jeffrey Epstein a mansion on the Upper West Side of 77th Street. This mansion was, I believe, gifted to him for one (laughs) dollar. Epstein had a history of using people for what they were good at and whatever they had to offer. So rubbing shoulders with a man like Lex Wexner made a lot of sense. Lex Wexner, if you have no idea, he is the CEO of Victoria's Secrets. Uh, What does that mean? Lex Wexner had access to young women. What did Epstein want? young women. But he also had his good friend Jean-Luc Brunel, who is a French model scout and a former modeling agency manager. He had founded MC2 Model Management and he funded, he was funded by Jeffrey Epstein. So that's another person. Uh, The funny thing about this Brunel gentleman, I had never heard his name until I watched Surviving Jeffrey Epstein, and I wanted to do a little digging. So what I learned is that he is now 74 years old, and his whereabouts are still unknown. But he denies, he denies absolutely anything that any of the accusers have alleged. And that's very interesting. There was an investigation that had opened by French investigators about a year ago, and a year later, they have still found little to absolutely nothing. He surfaced also in unsealed documents from 2015 that included a series of phone messages between he and Epstein, where he offered Epstein an underage girl who can teach him the Russian language. And I believe she was 14 years old. If it wasn't 14, it was 16, but it's definitely one or the other. And they're both terrible. If you want to look up on uh, Jean-Luc Brunel, I actually recommend it because he has a lot of cases pending with girls that have come forward about him raping them. That is not okay. Let's talk a tiny bit about the locations that Jeffrey Epstein had. 
he had the Zorro Ranch, which was in Mexico, and he nicknamed it the Silverado. This was one of his properties where he was giving a lot of contributions to different politicians and all of the construction workers that would be working on his land. They had to be heavily surveillanced. Everything, everyone was watched and followed. Um, he was giving money to a lot of the politicians in the area. It was very weird. But what we know is that he has now another pattern of keeping the high and powerful close to him by doing something for them. And possibly, in my opinion, he's just keeping them close so that he can have something on him on them as well. If you really think about it, it makes perfect sense. It's like, hey, welcome to this world that I'm going to, you know, throw you into with me. And now what's going to happen is we are going to know each other's secret. Our deepest secret is that we love to fuck little girls. So what they do is they continue to support one another in whatever endeavors they have and whatever charities they're doing. And they pretend to be philanthropists and politicians and all of these power, powerful people that are helping us. But little do we know, they have a sex trafficking ring right underneath our eyes. Let's talk about the next location. We have the Little St. James, Virginia Islands, which, which, which was purchased by Jeffrey Epstein in 1998. What I still want to know is where is all of this money coming from? Yes, you had amazing jobs and you, you have this level of intelligence, but everything that you've been around has fallen apart in some sort of way or you've left it behind. So where is all the money coming from? It's something that a lot of people are wondering. This island, which he nicknamed Little St. Jeff's, was purchased in 1998. And this is the island where anything and everything happened. A lot of the uh, survivors, which I'm not going to call them victims, a lot of these survivors talk about this location as one of the worst experiences where they saw and heard and experienced the worst things ever. Um, <laughs> There was a lot of abuse on young foreign girls that would be on and off the property. The property was super large and there were a lot of powerful people that supposedly made it to the island as well. The Lolita Express is a private jet that Epstein owns where he does nice big travels with people of power and he has them come over to the island and all the young ladies that he is trafficking have to pleasure these powerful individuals. This is what's happening. Just to name a few names of the people in high power that are involved are Prince Andrew. Uh-huh. Prince Andrew. The Prince Andrew and the Bill Clinton. Now, Bill Clinton and Prince Andrew both deny ever, ever having anything to do with any of these young ladies, any of these girls. And let me just let you know again, these girls were between the ages of 14 and 18 years old, but most of them were 14 and 16 at the time of their assaults. So one of the young ladies claims that alleges, I don't want to say claims, alleges that uh, 
Prince Andrew had sex with her on three different occasions and that she hung out with him on three different occasions. He denies each and every one. Yet there is physical proof. You can see a photo of him with his arm wrapped around this young lady when she was 16 years old, while Ghislaine Maxwell is in the background. Don't worry. Remember that name? We'll get to it. So Bill Clinton also denies being on the plane, although there are actual ledgers. Now, government ledgers that the government has that has been unsealed, they have the ledgers of people getting on and off the plane to go to that island. Bill Clinton had been on that plane more than twice. And there is video and there is picture of him on the plane sitting next to these girls, sitting next to other politicians and other people of power. And he denies it till this very moment. Um, this is very interesting. And this only alludes to there is so much more to the story. There has to be so much more to the story, especially if when Jeffrey Epstein was finally arrested, which he was, he was finally arrested. He got off scot-free. He got off scot-free. He basically had to do, uh, he had to sign a plea deal for, I believe, a year and a half for teen solicitation. And um, this plea deal was with Alex Acosta in the year 2008. Even the FBI got involved and there was a secret deal between the FBI and all of the people on Jeffrey Epstein's team. Uh, it is still unknown exactly what happened, but all I can tell you is he ended up having to just stay at home for about 18 months. That is it. And none of the women's voices were heard. None. Not one. They weren't able to speak their piece at all. He had house arrest only, got away with absolutely everything. And one of the lawyers, Brad Edwards, of one of the young ladies, who is now, of course, a grown woman, um, continues to fight and finds the evidence of the secret communication between Epstein's legal team and the U.S. Attorney's Office uh, as it was it was released. So the emails, <laughs> the emails showed uh, that they worked a sweetheart deal with immunity for Mr. Epstein and all of his little minions that were the alleged co-conspirators, which we'll get into. So. Let's talk about this. Epstein now gets out of, you know, house arrest after the nice 18-month little deal that they gave him, scot-free for teen solicitation. And he begins to mix with the worlds of elite. He's now a known sex offender. Um, but what does he think of doing? This genius man, of course, thinks of saying, you know what? I'm going to be a philanthropist. I'm going to give to charities. I'm going to continuously donate. I'm going to do good, good, good. I'm going to rub shoulders with this person and that person. And guess what? It worked in his favor. And you would think, you would think that a person of that high power, as Jeffrey Epstein with all the money that he has, people would start to see him differently now that he is registered as a sex offender Absolutely not. It did nothing. You want to know why? Because Bill Gates ended up donating 
to uh, to little secret anonymous gifts of donations towards Jeffrey Epstein, and they had a friendship. They began to have a friendship, and that includes Jeff Jeff Bezos as well. Um, it's very interesting because a lot of it kind of gets covered up between a lot of you know the U.S. Attorney, all of the things that I've been mentioning. If you notice the names. The names, Bill Gates, Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, Jeff Bezos, Jeffrey Epstein. These are all powerful, powerful individuals, guys. So you have to understand that something here is being covered up. Now let's talk a little bit about Alan Dershowitz, who was accused by Miss Virginia. uh, I'm so sorry if I pronounced her last name wrong. Uh, Geoffrey? Geoffrey? And he went on a tangent on media and on camera stating how he had not done anything to Miss Virginia. And he did not rape or assault any young woman. And he has no idea how he's being accused of any of this. And he still keeps his word. But guess what? Name someone who abuses someone who doesn't decide to tell the truth. They never tell the truth, guys. They will take it to the grave. And guess what? It's something that could be done because it's it's that person's word against the other. Unless you have solid proof, which is very, very difficult to have. How do you when you know you when you know you're about to be assaulted, you usually freeze. Uh, there are so many different things that could happen. So you're not thinking about, oh, you know what? Let me get some evidence. You're not thinking about that because you're usually not thinking that that's even going to happen to you. We usually just roam through life like a normal day. You don't know when anything is going to happen. So it's with this situation with sexual assault, unless there is, of course, a rape where you go and get a rape kit and, you know, you have the semen as proof, there are usually no ways to verify that these are like truths. And a, a person that is being accused of that can go as far as they want. And this is what Alan Dershowitz did. He dragged Miss Virginia through the media, called her a liar. He called her a prostitute. He shamed her all over the media, newspapers, magazines, you name it. This was also a time where it wasn't, the Me Too movement was not alive yet. And women that were assaulted, people that would come out about their assaults, they were actually being treated like a villain. They were being targets of uh, bullying and how dare you. And I'm so happy we are not there anymore. We have a lot more work to do, but this was very sad. 80, 80 girls came forward. 80 girls came forward and the government failed these 80 girls to to slice Jeffrey Epstein with a sweetheart deal. And everyone around him, the lawyers, uh, the, the attorneys, all the people that colluded with this man to get him off scot-free pretty much and leave all of these women, all of them who all have the same stories, who didn't even know that one another were existing their stories match up so vividly. It's incredible, even when they didn't know one another. Um, I do want to mention, I know you guys heard me say the name Alex Acosta. And Alex Acosta, he he got very much involved in um, the case between Epstein. This is a man who's a cabinet member of the White House, or was. Um, 
it's incredible like how many people are actually connected to this let's move on a little bit to 2019 jeffrey epstein is finally arrested he's finally arrested and the fbi and the nypd which i found this very interesting i wasn't sure uh in the the third episode of surviving jeffrey epstein they're in the Virgin Islands, and they're raiding the island, one of his homes. And the NYPD was there, and I paused it because I'm like, what is the NYPD doing in the Virgin Islands? But maybe those people have been so far up this case that they had to be there to, to make sure that the evidence wasn't tampered with, maybe, because we all know what the FBI did. Um, so now he is arrested. They raid Epstein's apartment. Um, they found stuff that was collected, of course, by authorities. They even found fake passports. Um, one of the survivors, Courtney Wilde, uh, she was able to speak up at Jeffrey Epstein's deposition. And it was a powerful testimony, which, uh, denied Epstein's bond. And, um, he ended up having to stay in prison. Uh, July of 2019, Epstein commits suicide in his jail cell right before trial. How does that make sense? What I want to say is, in my opinion, I don't think Jeffrey Epstein is dead. I think it's too convenient and it just sounds too much like a film. Like, 2020 in itself has been an entire film, but it just sounds like he had too much information that was going to come to light. So it was just a way to get rid of that situation. And they raided his mansion in Little Jeff, which was the one in the Virgin Islands. Um, the interesting thing is that I did not know this information. Epstein made adjustments to his will days before his suicide happened and he transferred his finances to the virgin islands which we all know it makes it a little bit more impossible to deal with those finances and know exactly what's being done with them so who knows if he's still paying people off um, for all we know, the just Lane Maxwell and all the other co-conspirators could be getting payments off of this to keep their silence. Um, it's incredible. But yes, he commits quote unquote suicide. Um, there is a lot of information on on his suicide that I found compelling. I think there was this uh, this gentleman who noticed that something around the fractures in his jaw didn't align with someone hanging themselves in a jail cell. Um, too much pressure was put on his jaw or some a specific bone that cannot be cracked by hanging yourself. So I don't know exactly what's being done further to investigate on this. Maybe they're just going to rule it a suicide and leave it at that to cover it up. But who knows, you know? Um, I want to talk a tiny, tiny bit about the disgusting Ghislaine Maxwell. Ghislaine Maxwell, she is kind of the creme de la creme and <laughs> the Bonnie in the Bonnie and Clyde between these two. She is the youngest daughter of Mr. Robert Maxwell, and they're heavily hated in England uh, once they were heavily loved 
They had a lot of money and a lot of status, but the father was committing fraud within his company. So they were very much hated. But then Ghislaine and Epstein met at a very strange time. She was going through the fall of her father's fraud and his death. And Epstein was up and coming, rubbing shoulders with the best people, making a lot of money and doing what he was doing. So if you really think about it, the way that they met and the way that they connected, kind of he became her daddy, if you think about it. He definitely did because she was her father's shadow and she probably wanted to make her father proud and and continue his legacy and live through what he's taught her. But now he's gone. So she meets Jeffrey Epstein, who is this powerful man who has all of this status and money and they match each other's energy. And from there on out, they began dating. She did absolutely anything for him. They created their own bubble of whatever they wanted. She, Miss Ghislaine Maxwell, she would poach young girls. She would paint a little picture of opportunity for the young lady. And if she would, let's say, for example, she would scout a young lady that is planning to be a masseuse because this is exactly how they lured these young girls in by massaging, massages, like, oh, I work for this man. And and let's talk about Ghislaine. Let's paint this picture. This is uh, a European woman, okay? And she has an accent. She has that English accent where you already feel calm. She's being very sweet to you. She's throwing compliments your way and, oh, hello, I'm Ghislaine Maxwell. And yes, and you know, she's treating you amazing and you connect with her, who knows where? And you're like, yeah, I'm studying to, you know, get my massage license therapy. And she's like, I have the best opportunity for you. And from there, she literally poaches you and says, I have a job for you. It pays $300. You know, if, if, if I like the massage and if this person likes the massage, then you're in. And this is exactly what they did word for word. Young lady, 14, 15, 16 years old, would go to Jeffrey Epstein's house in Palm Beach and they would be in the room all together. They would have the massage bed with the the towels and everything, the works. Jeffrey Epstein would come in, he would like undress, lay down. And then once he made the girls feel comfortable and let them know exactly what he wanted, uh, just Lane would also make sure that these girls know to do a good job and give him what he wants. That's what she would always say. Give him what he wants. He knows what he wants. He knows what he likes. And he's going to get it. So give it to him, basically. Now, these young ladies th- thought, you know what? I have an opportunity. And I want to mention again, these are girls that had issues. So let's say they're maybe missing a parent or they had issues in school. They were probably skipping. They had that bad boyfriend that was like beating up on them. They were already sexually assaulted in their past by either a family member or a lot of the girls had stories like this. And it's easy to manipulate a young lady like this. You make them feel feel special, important, as if you're going to give them opportunity and you offer them finances so that they can create a better life for themselves and you promise them college and you promise them opportunity and and a really great certificate and you're going to study in Thailand and you're going to do this and then you end up ending in a room giving a massage to a disgusting monster who asks you to take your shirt off, take your clothes off, rub the oil on you while you rub it on me. 
And then he'll, you know, he'll off himself in front of them and tell them, all right, thank you. Give them $200, $300 and have them leave. And he'll even, they'll come back because they'll, a lot of these girls, especially at that time, we have to remember this is the 90s. This was happening in the 90s. I believe it was between 1993 and 2002 where all of these girls were assaulted heavily and raped. Um, and it was a time where, as a woman, you believe like, oh, this is just what happens when you start to grow up. Men just treat you this way. Or, you know, life goes on. It already happened to me once before. What's going to happen if it happens to me again? This is just a job. I'm working. I'm learning. I'm growing. And it, it's it's a child. This is a child. Whether she willingly did it or not, it's a child. And I keep seeing things all over Twitter and in comments uh, having to do with Jeffrey Epstein's entire case. And you see a lot of people defending Epstein as if he wasn't in the wrong for poaching young ladies and just Lane Maxwell and the entire crew that they had. They had a whole crew. Sarah Kellen, Nadia Marikova, Leslie Groff, Adriana Ross, and Jean-Luc Brunel. So let me give you a grid, a quick grid of how it works. Jeffrey Epstein is the main man. Uh, so Ghislaine Maxwell reports to Jeffrey because they're the two top tier. And Ghislaine communicates with Sarah, Jean-Luc Brunel, and Leslie Groff. Sarah communicates with Nadia, Leslie Groff, and Adriana. And then Ghislaine also communicates with Jean-Luc. So Jean-Luc and Sarah are basically like her two main guys, her main, let's call them assistants. They poach other girls. They poach all the girls that get assaulted. And it's been over 80. And when a girl comes, they'll have that girl bring a friend. And this is what they did over and over and over for years, for years. A lot of the girls didn't even come back. I think it's important you guys check out this episode. It's very important. There's so many things to learn and to 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 read about. Um, moving forward, I want to talk about what's happening currently. Currently at the moment, Ghislaine Maxwell has finally been arrested. She was found last month in New Hampshire in a mansion that she bought under an alias name. She purchased this house under an alias name, a humongous mansion. And uh, when she was found, she was running to her bedroom and her phone was wrapped in aluminum foil. And she tried to lock herself in her room and she claims that she was scared for her life. And she, she didn't know what was happening. But we all know that she was just waiting for this to happen because we have not seen her at all. Um, the biggest scare has been that Ghislaine Maxwell will not be alive long enough to make it to trial. I took the opportunity as I told you guys, I've been really looking into this and I took the opportunity to jump on the phone throughout the entire deposition. You were allowed to listen in live and it was three and a half hours and I listened to every single second and the happiness and joy I felt when the judge denied bail to this woman. 
They denied bail to her because they felt that she was a flight risk. She is a flight risk, which is true. She is. She has three different passports. Okay. A French passport, American passport, and I believe a European passport. Um, So (laughs) she definitely can run if she wants to. And I believe that she will if she was let out. The only thing that scares me about the situation is that her trial is set for July of 2021. We need this woman alive. We need to know exactly what went on with this case. I genuinely will feel defeated for these women if no one is held accountable, if no one is held accountable. Um, She took part in many of the sexual assaults. She was in the room for a lot of them. A lot of the girls mentioned that she... um, she made her she made them get naked as well she participated she she did most of everything if we're being honest she allowed this to continue um <laughs> what i noticed that was very interesting is towards the end of the lifetime series um tonight that i watched justine maxwell and epstein they've been charged but without any crime and all other co-conspirators remain free. It they they made sure to mention that throughout the entire limited series. They mentioned about seven times, I swear, that the co-conspirators are free and that they are not. They are not guilty. They have said that they're not guilty and that they have nothing to do with it and that they were co-coerced themselves by Jeffrey Epstein, which I'm sorry, like if you were then you would be forward speaking up, helping these women. You would have come forward. You would not just stay quiet when they're going through a case like this, especially when you're one of the people that have to do with it. So they are definitely being paid off. I definitely believe that. Um, Hundreds, hundreds of documents related to their survivor, Virginia, uh, with with her speaking about Ghislaine Maxwell. It came out and it is unsealed as of July 31st. So if you guys are interested in checking out that entire deposition, it's incredible what you find on it. Um, The things that are said, uh, it's just vile. And I genuinely recommend that you look up the government file. I have it saved. You can find it. just be careful because, you know, a lot of people like to Photoshop and edit these uh, documents and make it seem like something that it isn't. I know that there is a list of Jeffrey uh, Epstein's little black book and a lot of the people on it um, aren't on it because there is one circulating on Twitter that is false with like names that shouldn't even be there. Um And also the names that you find on his little black book, it does not mean that they all went to the island. Um, A lot of them were just people that he rubbed shoulders with at some time or another. Um, But you know, you never know. So one other thing, Ghislaine Maxwell's deposition, her own deposition, it remains sealed until September 2020. So let's hope we get that. Um, 
I would love to see what she has to say, honestly. Like, are you going to throw everyone under the bus? Or are you also, like, what is the true story? Who are we covering up for at this point? What's going on? Are you going to survive this? Because I think that's what everyone is waiting for. Um, since they know that Jeffrey Epstein uh, committed, quote unquote, suicide um, just days before court and he changed everything on his paperwork and finance. It's just very weird. It doesn't add up. And I know um, that the FBI and everyone has to be heavily on this. Um, I want to make sure that if you guys do research, please, again, make sure that these are government files and not just word of mouth. Um, we believe in fact and truth. Tune in to Surviving Jeffrey Epstein on Lifetime. Um, I'm sure it's on the app and I'm sure that they'll have reruns. It just aired this past weekend, Sunday and Monday. It was, it was heavy. It was heavy. Um, as a survivor of sexual assault, it was very heavy, but it's necessary because there is so much going on in our world. And for this powerful, powerful man, one of the worst sex traffickers in the States, um, he pretty much got away with absolutely everything and was never held accountable for what he has done to all of these women. And all of the people that are co-conspirators remain free. So no one has been held accountable. So uh, I suggest you guys follow this case because it shows, it shows what power, privilege, and money can do. And I'm going to end this right here. And this is the end of my first podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I have so much more to come. Let me know if you even have suggestions. Follow me on Instagram. It is at CocoGram, C-O-C-0-G-R-A-M. I also have a YouTube channel with my husband called A Couple's Thing TV. And we post a couple things where we touch on a couple things. Uh, we touch on a lot of topics and I also have a little uh, separate venture called Coco's Coco's Corner, where I touch on skincare, lifestyle, health. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. There will be a lot more. I know this was a heavy topic, but we'll bring some comedy in next time. You know, we have some fun stuff. I, I have some some guests that I would love to collaborate with for my podcast. And I'm really excited for where this is going to go. And um, I hope you guys follow the journey. Thank you so much. This was really exciting. It is now 3.27 a.m. And I'm going to publish this. 